Welcome to the X1 at 2 podcast. Uh, Carol Ann here, calling in from Minneapolis. I'm here with Heather. Hi, Heather here, calling in from Provo. And in the very warmer than where I am, Mm -hmm. Caribbean, we have Momo. Momo! Welcome, welcome. We are back. We are back. But it's true. Heather and I are in frigid places. We're out here. Yesterday was like, feels like negative 20 at one point. So yeah. quite I want snow. Somebody we bless me with snow. That's one of the strange <laughs> things. We don't really have snow either. And everyone in Minnesota is angry. <laughs> um, but we yeah. want to talk tonight about some Mormon gossip that we've been hearing about. Heather mentioned there's something going on at BYU Idaho. Or sorry, sorry, BYU Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, Ramona, mm-hmm. you take this one. This, this okay. Is- okay. From one dreadhead to another. Mm-hmm. Okay. Most people don't know that I have dreadlocks because I've been hiding under the safety net of wigs for the last three years while I grew them out. Um, so the hot issue of um going on right now in BYU Hawaii is that there is a student, a black student, a student from Guyana which is in the Caribbean, yeah. um, geographically part of South America, if you want to get specific. Uh-huh. Um, this student probably, I don't want to say that they're part of the students that go over um, as first degrees in families, um, but this student went to BYU Hawaii, has dreadlocks. Now, they, from the pictures that I've seen of him, they are neat. Now, this student was called out for having here that did not conform to the honor code. You. I am a person who signed the honor code. There is nothing in there about dreadlocks. This student was also carded because they did not look like a student that would go to BYU. Mm. Now, I was talking to one of my friends. The, yeah, I was talking to one of my friends the other day. And she was like, okay, Ramona, think about it. Think about it this way. She's Polynesian and I love her to death. Um, I won't call her by name because I don't want to incriminate her. She's mm-hmm. like, do you know how many times I've been up into the BYU dorms, BYU Hawaii dorms? And I'm not supposed to be there. But here it is that this student, just because they have dreadlocks and because he has an accent, and Guyanese is one of the most distinctive accents in the Caribbean after Barbadian. And you think that because he has dreadlocks and because he has here that is cultural, that he is not as righteous as somebody that goes to BYU and shaves their head off. Mm. Or he's not as righteous as somebody because he's not white. He's not walking around BYU with a mullet, six kids, and like a little stroller going down behind him. Like, I, I just am really angry about the whole thing. And thank you to the Black Menaces for bringing attention mm, to this issue. Good. Yeah. Black Menaces has been killing it. Please notice us. Please, 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 mm-hmm. please, please, please. Um, but they've been killing mm-hmm. Yeah. But it really makes me angry because um, Heather and I were talking before um, we started recording tonight. And I was telling her when I went to Utah, I had long enough dreads that I could wear them normally. I could just wear my dreads out. I have not posted pictures of my dreads online. I have not. People don't know I have dreads for the most part. Um, And when I got to Utah, I said, no, I'm going to wear wigs every single day. Mm 
if I'm not wearing my wigs, I'm going to wear a bonnet mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm just going to cover my hair. And I don't want anybody to see my hair because I don't want to be profiled. I have an accent. I come from a place people don't know about. I'm automatically going to be seen in a lower light than somebody who has a wig. So people were at church touching my hair. They were Mm. running their hands through my wig. And here I am with this deep, dark secret underneath. Here are my dreadlocks underneath in a protective style. I, I can't explain the feeling of feeling unsafe with a hairstyle. I can't explain it enough. Even something as simple as me dyeing my dreadlocks recently. Yeah. My dreadlocks is a natural red color. They look fabulous, by the way. Very good. I mean, they're they're kind of rusty and dusty right now and they need a, a hair fix. But dyeing my hair in a natural red hair color, which is going to show up differently on me than it would a, a, a person who's Caucasian. I'm being worried going into meetings like, oh, is this person going to report me to the on for, for making it on a code? Because my hair might look a little bit too red to be considered natural. Okay, right. that rule Those of the- natural hair color. But I have to say that this really surprised me coming from BYU, Hawaii. Hmm. Yeah, where you've got the Polynesian Cultural Center, which is owned by the church, staffed by mostly BYU Hawaii. Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people are wearing. People have tattoos. Tri- you know, tribal Perfect. tattoos. People are are wearing. You know, coconut bras or yeah. some like on hula skirts. Why? And, like, why? Our dreadlock, like it just it doesn't make sense to me. Like in the more conservative BYUs, I would be like, oh, of course. But this surprised me. Yeah. And I think it, it comes down to conformity. He does not look like what the standard black that goes to BYU looks like. Mm-hmm. Um you expect like we've seen like the, the black menaces, like you know, they experiment with their hair. They have different hairstyles. They don't have like the typical like fade or whatever. Mm-hmm. But here's the student. I I think there's a there's layers of things going on there. It comes down to where he lives, his accent, the fact that he doesn't have the standard haircut for every young LDS boy. So many things are layered here. And I find it really, and and, and guys, I'm going to be real, real here. I find it so annoying when we'd like to use the honor code to whatever comfort level makes us feel that we're doing a good job. I have gone to BYU wards and watched people derf themselves into a friction burn. Mm. And they're they're signing the honor code in the same way. But what is... Like, what is the difference between this person and this person? I, it just, I I have no thoughts. I'm just waiting to my exponent post. That's all I'm going to say. Something else people brought up is that the football players at yeah. the Provo campus, several oh. of them, even ones who are not Black, have dreadlocks. Mm. Yeah, they do. Hmm. they do like i remember my friend used to work for the testing center at by at byu provo and she told me there was this one guy who came in with a mustache and the policy was you couldn't let students come in with a visible mustache and he was like oh i'm an athlete do you know i'm not 
Black and black, roughly. Mm. And she was like, okay, and you're going to go and you're going to cut it off and you're going to come back and take the exam. And I mm. mean, things like that. Like, there's so many different rules for sh- for 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 athletes just yeah, because athletes they're on an academic scholarship. <laughs> for sure. Well, and some of them aren't members. So I think members of the church. So I think that creates some like yeah our status like we don't want to make you conform too much one thing that's surprising to me too is a few years ago james jones like helped bring up a big stink because one of his friends is a temple worker at like the pace in utah temple yes and was told like you need to cut off your dreadlocks and um so i felt like james like made that a big deal and i so i felt like okay church do we understand and then i'm very surprised all right surprised and, not surprised and they ended up again. backing down they did. And allowing yep. him yeah. Because I, I know I know who he is. He is also a therapist. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, I I feel like when the church and and then church culture has a, a a a chance to expand, instead it retracts. And I mean, I'm not saying that. You know, everybody has to walk around with dreadlocks. Everybody has to be like, you know, willy nilly doing whatever they want and, 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 you know, letting their freak flag fly. But when you think about it, is our dreadlocks any different from a student having long hair because they're Polynesian? It's like we pick and choose which part of culture we want to use. And it's so disappointing. This is 2024. This is a new year. Stop the foolishness. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember that I go to school there still. So I'm, right. I'm trying to use my words carefully. And I think just like, for, to me, like my assumption is like baseline is like, it's a black man who's viewed as like mm-hmm. menacing or threatening. And so that's how do we, how do we police yeah, black men? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Do we have an update? Do we know if because of the publicity, which of course the church never changes based on public opinion, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like, do we know if anything's happened? Not as yet. Okay. Like, the last I saw about it, they were asking for like people to like um, joke. Well, I don't think it was jokingly like to pay for his dreadlock relock. Oh. <laughs> like just to contribute to his goal for me and that was the most we knew about the issue so i guess as time goes on the black menaces probably will um you know yeah do like talk about it some more and i think because of the power that they have you know just in the social sphere that i think the black menaces could put a little bit of pressure on this i think yeah. they can yes yeah all, All right, right, what other Mormon gossip do we got? I heard that the RLDS Church, Community of Christ, is going to have a female <clears throat> leader. Yes. Prophet and, Tess, President Tess. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And from some inside gossip, a lot of people, they're happy it's a woman, but there are other women that they might have preferred more. Hmm. So. Okay. And is it like the dynamic of some women are mistresses of the patriarchy, a term yes. I learned from Heather. And, the, and this... the vibe is she's a little more of an administer than a minister. Mm-hmm. You know, she's 
So we'll see. But maybe maybe that's what people have to do. They feel like they have to do. If they're going to transition from male to female, then they have to pick a woman who often functions like a man. Yeah. I'm I'm reading the biography of Jacinda Ardern right now. Mm, Yes. Um, New Zealand. New Zealand. And so it's been former president, former Mormon. Totally. Former prime minister, former Mormon. So um, it was on like on display at my local library. I was like, I have to, I want to know more about her. And I'm like, I know I'm getting way too deep into New Zealand politics, but it's been interesting because the like first prime minister, first female prime minister, um, was very like androgynous a lot of ways, like short hair, wore business suits. Mm-hmm. So kind of that like feeling like, mm-hmm. did she have to act mm-hmm. like a man to have power? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's cool that that helped pave the way for someone like Jacinda Arden, who long hair dresses very up feminine. Yes. Presenting. Exactly. And very empathetic and very worried of like doing social justice and things mm-hmm. for women and children. And, and so yes. like grateful. Not- so that's that, like, that was really empowering to see for me to be able to read and see that arc as well of, Hey, like we can have women leaders and you don't have to act like a man mm-hmm. to be a leader and you can yeah. promote more positive policy. So good for New Zealand. Cause I feel like what often happens is that then people are like, okay, well we had a woman check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Barack Obama, we've had a black president. Yeah. Like now we can just go back to white people because we had a yeah. we had a black we had a black president. <laughs> okay, the gossip that I want to talk about is, of course, it's from NPR, my source for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the Mormon historian Benjamin Park mm-hmm. has a new book out. And Caroline, do you, do you guys know the name of the book? I can. I have seen the cover because I've seen friends post about it, but I haven't American read it. Zion, a new history of Mormonism. Hmm. And so you may be like, why do we need a new history? But I guess every time it's been a lot of years since something comprehensive has been written. And in the meantime, there are lots of new documents and lots oh. of new things that have come out. So I was listening to NPR tonight and I was fascinated to hear that Ezra Taft Benson, um, who was good friends with George Wallace, who was trying to run for president in 1968 as the Republican candidate. John Birch Society, hyper-conservative. Hyper-conservative. And and so George Wallace wanted Benson as his running mate. Oh, wow. To be his vice president. And Benson went Mm -hmm. to pay and was like, okay, here's the deal. This is what's happening. My whole life has been leading up to this. And McKay's Mm -hmm. like, not (laughs) odd. Not not happening. I remember he had to get permission. I remember reading a little bit about that in the um, David O. McKay and the Rise of Modern Mormonism is that Ezra Taft Benson had to get permission to like, because wasn't he in a, he was in the cabinet though. He was, he was agriculture, secretary of agriculture. Yeah. Yeah. And so again, you know, he went to get permission and it's so I mean, Wallace wasn't just John Birch. Like he didn't, he believed in segregation. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it's that intense. Right. And what would that have meant for the Mormon church and for our trajectory when 10 years later, we're finally, you know, getting rid of the temple priesthood ban. If, if one of our apostles had run on that platform like mm, good point i don't know anyhow to me that was super interesting it was like near miss yeah <laughs> and i've i like i i know of ben park i haven't met him personally but he seems like a more progressive 
scholar as well. So I'm interested to read it too, because it feels like less of an apologist. I know that, didn't he like, I feel like he got canceled in a couple of places or ways. I'm trying to remember the gossip from the past about Benjamin Park, but. Yeah, no, he, he is, he is outspoken. There's a really interesting article in the Tribune that compares, um, oh, the, the, the old timey Clark from the Clark building. Jay Rubin? Uh, yes, Jay Rubin Clark uh -huh. with Clark Gilbert. Um, who Clark is Gilbert. commissioner of church education and who is credited oh. with a lot of the sort of more um, doubling down on, on professors, on, right? On professors. And, you know, we need to everyone like more filters with mm -hmm. purity and allegiance and, and loyalty yeah. to a certain brand. Mm -hmm. So interesting yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. So crazy. get a book review of that. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We gotta go back a minute. Yeah. Manson was for segregation. Uh no, no. Wallace, Wallace. was the guy who wanted oh. him to run as his running mate. So like to be vice president. So, I mean, like, okay. Uh, this is just me, and this is not me attacking anybody, any leader at church, either or dead alive or whatever. You, you know I even, I'm not even going to comment I am not. what's in my brain is not for public consumption at the moment because yeah. right. I think you know if it is that you there's a thing I find, I find in Mormonism where we are like oh yeah I, I never came out and they said this but you're standing in I don't want to say solidarity with but you're Aligning yourself to a place that, you know, could be seen as agreement. Yeah. John Lewis yeah. said, we are all complicit when we tolerate injustice. Exactly. So I'm just like, I don't want to do the deep dive. I, I feel like if I do the deep dive, I'll be probably, you know. In a Drowning. very bad place. Right. Drowning. Right. right. Wow. <laughs> and I know, I, so going back to the book, David O. McKay and the Rise of Modern Mormonism, one of the like kind of um, takeaways from that book that I read a couple of years ago was um, in a lot of ways, a lot of the church leaders, including David O. McKay, were just like not around a lot of people of color. Yeah. When you grow up in Utah, mm -hmm. Utah colonies, like you just mm -hmm. like, and so, but what's tricky is like, that's, I, it doesn't feel like an excuse anymore. For like, like oh, as you other okay. people. And it's like, if that's your blind spot, like change, be more open, yeah. be more accepting and like, and like, remember Jesus, what would Jesus do? So just like, uh, yeah, I've been reading, listening to a lot of Richard Rohr lately, who's like the kind of hippie Jesuit priest who's just like so loving. And I'm like, holy cow, how do we get this more expansive, loving view? And just the like. Um, and he, he brings up a term called sin. He's like, I feel like a lot of churches right now are really focused on sin management. And I was like, eek, that's my church. So focused on sin management, mm. um, wow. instead of like helping people and yeah. So I'm going to give a shout out to, um, just a neighbor of mine who this to me is, is Mormonism at its finest. A neighbor reached out and texted me and just said, hey, 
when are you home tonight? I have something for you. And so I texted her when I got home from work and she showed up with a little homemade loaf of bread. Mm -hmm. And she just said, the spirit told me I just needed to come over and visit you. And I burst into tears because Mm -hmm. it was just so kind and loving and her face and her whole demeanor really did convey this. I'm just here to love you and support you. Mm. Like there was no, I'm fishing for gossip. What's going, you know, like nothing. Like it was, and I just, I was so happy. I'm like, okay, I needed this. Not because anything in particular was going on. It's not like I was like on my knees (laughs) going, no one loves me. And then she knocks on the door. But I do wrestle with, oh my gosh, like there's a lot of problems with this organization. There's a lot of problems. And it was just really nice to be reminded of when it works. Yeah. Yeah. Human connection that God can't bring me a loaf of bread and give me a hug, but my neighbor can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Like now we're on this topic. I feel it goes into like what me and Heather talked about earlier this week. Um, Heather and I had a really good conversation. I felt like if it was needed because I needed to decompress a little bit. I was the neighbor knocking on your door. (laughs) She was the neighbor knocking on my door. Um, So recently, I I, I don't know if we're we're fine to say this. I stepped down from my role on on the board of Exponent. And it was very much a hard decision to make. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was triggered by an event that happened over a series of weeks. And... Well, I would say months, not weeks. And I didn't share what happened with the board, but Heather knew, and I've shared it on our private little girls chat. Yeah. Um, and it started over a, a comment to a friend of mine who has changed her gears into the content that she produces for Instagram to appeal more to a more molly mormon um audience and i said i i want to read the comment in its entirety because if i do then it shares what is what it was about um so it was a message talking about why people leave the church and Mm. you know it wasn't very loving i thought it could be so much more loving and i said as a black convert you know, I really wish people, when people would say that people are struggling with the church and that, you know, people are making the decision to walk away, that we ask them what went wrong or we ask them, um, you know, how is it that we failed? And I said, because often when you see somebody walk away from the church, it's not just the person pa- deciding to pack up and go. Mm-hmm. It's been a long process. And I said, you know, in my understanding now of, of nuance and understanding that everything, and I can't get back to that. Understanding that is fine, but I can't get back to that glowing member I was when I got baptized. I say, I understand now why people leave. I understand. And I've been sometimes with my foot halfway out the door. And I thought that was a fair comment. I said, this is not an attack at you. This is just me sharing the other side. This got the most comments on her 
on her page and um but it also got a lot of people that decided to tell me that my skin was a curse it got a lot of people telling me that um i did not belong in the church it got a lot of people telling me that if i was so unhappy it was my time to go it got a lot of people saying oh because you're a feminist and people for some somehow people were able to find my profile and at one point i did have my um church account set to feminist something 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 and they were able to find that and say oh because you're a feminist you have these thoughts because you're black and you're feminist you think that everybody's out to get you and it kind of it kind of made me really feel bad because my friend had not said a word and I understand that, you know, she has a social following and, you know, there are going to be thousands of comments, but you cannot miss a poll, a comment that has 2000 likes. And I just felt disgusted. And I struggled. And obviously that eroded my time and my contribution. Ramona, you're muted. You're muted somehow, hon. Okay, I got muted. How much yeah. of that did you miss? You're back. No, we just missed like five like seconds. Five seconds. Keep going. Okay. So I so I was like, you know, it put me into a really bad stead where I just didn't feel that my voice was needed or important or um that the Mormonism that I thought I wanted doesn't exist for people like me. And um, because of that, and because the scope of Mormonism and Mormon feminism is always, or 99% of the time, white feminism, and I do not have the option to speak or defend myself, I decided in unselfish terms to take a step back from my role for a little while while I try to figure out the Mormonism that works for me. And well, selfish or self that works for me. selfish or self-preservation because there is a difference. Mm -hmm. I would say self-preservation then. <laughs> and I I mean it was hard because I I boohooed the whole way through that. I didn't want to tell anybody that I wanted to do that. I was trying to hold on, but so sorry. that whole that whole interaction ripped me a half and tore me a new one. So as much as I wanted to have that seat at the table, I needed to recognize that I needed to step away from the table for a while. Yeah. While I tried to figure out where my voice comes from. Yeah. So not okay what happened and just like disgusting to know that people are still harboring these thoughts and like no. not even just thinking it but then like turning into ag action and commenting and attacking you like mm -hmm. what and we're the we're the christians we're the we're the true restored know all the things christians and this is how we're treating each other yeah. no Ugh. sorry um, i don't think we have all the answers i was 
acting facetiously as a true blue market. Oh, <laughs> yeah so no for everybody probably that was in that board meeting there's your reason yeah no and yeah I echo what Heather said of the self-preservation because it's not you don't have to occupy every lane and it's not your job to fix Mormonism yeah Mormonism. and we appreciate your voice yeah. and your words and what you have contributed and contributed and will continue to contribute um yeah like do what you need to do yeah i mean it was crazy because okay sorry um that the last point um that it was crazy because even my ability to write something that i think i'm strong at mm. could it happen wow yeah feeling blocked that way totally because you yeah. weren't feeling safe or heard or mm-hmm. yeah so hopefully if it, it, it turns around now mm-hmm. and I get that energy back, you know, yeah. over time. All right. Well, to be continued, we're going to wrap up. We're going to do shorter episodes and we're going to be doing this like twice a month. Um, Cause for me, that's my self-preservation too, is getting a little too busy having it weekly as much, as much fun as it was. It also is some time. So I've been able to have more time to read. That's what I've been doing more. And other fun fact, I got an anti-anxiety med and that's been really helpful. Yeah. Good. As my good friend job, Rachel said, is helps take off the edge. My brother, one of my brothers was like, I think you'd benefit. Oh, I've been doing take off the edge. So mm-hmm. yay, mental health. We'll do a mental health episode soon. Yeah. Our, like we always do with our therapist friends, Heather and her friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any final words? Hang in there, everybody. Yeah, take your anxiety medication take good care of yourself take good care of each other yeah all right have a good night